Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Guess what I'm wearing on my lips right now? Somebody's pussy. No, it's a juicy tube. <laughs> I'm like taken straight back to middle school. That was like my first makeup I ever got. My godfather got me a like little holiday Lancome gift set. And I was like, I'm the fucking shit. Yeah. Wasn't allowed to have like that glitter roll on because I had eczema. It would cause a reaction on my skin. But like juicy oh, tube, I'm that. here. I remember that glitter roll on. My, I would get so red and itchy. They would burn. Yeah. But hey, beauty is But pain. you could make your own though. Yeah, no, I'm obsessed with what, glitter. Like some body, body oil now. and then glitter instead of the chemicals that dried on your... If yeah, you use body oil, Yeah, if you use body oil, it would be better. Yeah. 
that checks out. You could have got one of the puffs like I had from um, Victoria's Secret. Oh, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I remember that big pink puff that oh, never yeah. ran out of glitter. I think Jerry had one. Yeah, it never, it never ran out. So I had it for years until like people stopped glittering their bodies. And now Which, I'm like, if I would, if I, I mean, it's coming back because it. all the trends are coming back. So it will be back. So if I would have kept it, it probably still would have glitter on it. Without a doubt. You know what vibe you're giving me right now? I don't know if I want to hear it. Why not? Because I don't know what you're going to say. I'm going to say either a college professor, like a young cool one. Like a T. Hay who's in one of those movies where she sleeps with her student and you're like, this is bad. And you're like, it's like English. Okay. Good. Because there's no other subject I could do. Or like English lit. Or mm-hmm. that woman, that British lady that has that show. You know what I'm talking about? And I can't think of no, the name No, I have no idea what you're talking about, but British reminded me of something I have to tell you. But she has that show where she goes around, like, it's a history show, but she trolls people while she's doing history. Like, if, let's say, like... Because you're saying I look smart. Like, Z-Way, if you took Z-Way and then make, gave her a British accent, but have her be very serious while she's giving history lessons oh, in that type of way. Nice. They, it's just like, it, there's an... A, show on uh, netflix now but she i see the clips on and on tiktok all the time i like it yeah i do it well if anyone wants to see my um teacher outfit or melissa just saying in so many iterations i look smart i look brainy head on over to our patreon you can watch the video version of it and um support the show join our live streams or just be like wow megan you look great in a blazer you do thank you so do you think i'm old enough to play like a teacher yeah, if I were there's teachers that are older, I mean, younger than you. No, but TV teacher. Yeah. Sick. I mean, they, a lot of times, they make them the same age as the students and then they fuck. It's mostly because they make the students the same age. The same age as the teachers. Yeah. So. You would play a teacher. That would be acting. Well, that's, that's the profession you chose. It is the profession I chose. We're going to make a short this year. Oh, okay. I'm just putting it out there. Okay, I believe you. Like, I know, I know that you're going to I'm show along up. for the ride. Yeah. I'm literally here along for the ride. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you tell me we're doing something. I'm like, I know. amazing. I'm telling you, you, say we're jumping off this bridge, and I go, okay. Should I bring something? Do you need a snack? A snack and a flotation flotation advice. Because if we're jumping, no, it's you and I for we're fun. S- but you know, I don't. I was about to say, if we're jumping for fun, neither like, one of us can neither swim. Neither of us are strong swimmers. So if we're jumping, I don't know if we're jumping. That's, that's cause for concern. Yeah. Unless you've seen us do a post on Instagram, like holding some certificates that like, uh-huh. look, they're strong swimmers. If we're jumping off from a tall place into a Mm-mm. big body of water, call somebody. Mm-mm. It's not good. No. But yeah, you know, I told you I signed up for a short class. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, my whole point was that we're going to make something this year. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's going to be the year of making things. Mm-hmm. A dollhouse. Food. Food. Quilt. Yeah. We want to dance lessons and gymnastics. You want to you wanted to make the mat? I'm, I'm kind of pulling back on the gymnastics. Well, you have to up your health insurance. Well, that's already been done. But then insurance. I'm starting to think about my back. All mm. I really want to do is just do a back handspring. And I think I could do that without going... Because I've done it before. Okay, wow. That is some male ego in sports activity of being like, I've done the... No, no, no. Handspring and shit, you've... I have a, a not-so-irrational fear of getting a TBI, and I've just a not-so-irrational fear of TBIs in general. Anything that you're throwing that your neck could land anywhere weird, 
as long as my hands are up, I'm fine. I used to throw them all the time. It's not like I haven't done it. It's not like I didn't do it for years upon years. Like I have the muscle memory. I just haven't done it okay. in a while. You got to get one of those big rolly things to practice on. I don't need that. I just need somebody to spot me. Okay, I'm not going to be here. I, it definitely would not no, no, be no. you. I don't want to spot you, but I also don't want to be a spectator. Like that shit scares no. me. I can do it. I can still do a browned off. I can still do like everything. I just haven't thrown. Like I threw the last time I threw you one. You just threw it back. I, huh? You just threw it back. I can throw it back. But the last time I threw one was like 10 years ago. Actually, it's been less than that. I'd say eight years ago. If I have somebody to spot me, I'll be fine. Okay. Someone else volunteers tribute. Cause it's not gonna be I me. just said I don't want it to be you. Do you know how you freak out like if I trip a little bit? I, I do not want you spotting me. I startle easily. Yeah. I do not like you be <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, fair, no. Growing up, like I was too big, like too tall to do like lots of gymnastics mm-hmm. things or cheerleading things, but all my friends were like tiny and like petite little little. So I would like help them do that because like I was pretty good at like seeing the bigger picture. I'm like, oh, you have to do this, this and this. I just didn't have the um, coordination to do it myself. Yeah. No. And I used to help all of my friends do like handsprings, like walkovers. I was like really good at like helping them. I spot can still do, do a walkover. So I think I'm okay. Fine. I'm a little, yeah, a little more secure knowing that the round off did not, did not, did not make me. The feel thing comfortable is with the, the round off way. though is that's how you. Well, no, get. you have the momentum, yeah. and now if you have the walkover, yeah. you've got the back dexterity yeah. still. Okay. I can do it. I just haven't. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Wow, this takes me back to childhood gymnastics. And Juan, I miss that guy. It was fun. I loved the foam pit. Disgusting. I know. Anyway, what is this show? Welcome to Don't Blame Me, where we give you wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice because we can. And it's our gift to you. Well, the thing is, is that we're um, certified freaks five days a week. Four days a week take breaks (laughs) i gotta sleep sometimes yeah that's why we give advice what we lack in credentials we make for up for in opinions because why not yeah you call in you leave us voicemails and then we play them on the show and give you advice so if you would like to call you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. Or if you're an international listener, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. You have a three-minute cutoff for both of those, whether it's a voice memo or a voicemail. The voicemail will literally cut you off. The voice memo, we will cut it off and not play it on the show. Mm-hmm. Or if you're at the very end of it, it's just going to, we're going to slice you off right there. So we do ask that you be 18 or over, have your parents' permission. You let us know your ages and like all relevant details. So if it's about a relationship, how long you've been together, the ages of other people involved, let us know your pronouns and the other people in the story predicament, their pronouns, if you would like to do so. We keep it all anonymous. Give us some fake names. But we do think that the best way, no, we don't think, we know the best way to achieve the best call. If you want to be the best, you got to write it down. Write it down, practice a couple times, time it out. See like, oh, I have a lot more time than I thought. Instead of saying like, oh, and then a bunch of other like absolutely crazy shit happened, but I don't have time for that. Oh, no, you do. Give us a little bit of the, give us a little mm-hmm. a smattering, a sprinkling of the crazy shit. You're right. That's why we're here. We need the details or we cannot give accurate advice. Yeah, it might not pertain to you at all. If you're like, you know, you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, well, how are we supposed to know? Right. So if you can achieve all of those things, which I promise is, Truly not that hard. 
couple practice tries. That's okay. You can call, some people have called in twice and they're like, mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. Let's start that over. Three times or four. That's fine. And on the fourth one, they're like, I should have wrote it down. And I came back and I finally wrote it mm-hmm. down now. So we're just looking out for you. And it's also great to listen to other episodes just to get a refresher to see some like great calls and how they've formatted them to be the call you wish to see in the world. And yeah, we also do updates, which is a great way to segue into an update. <gasps> All right. Shall we get into it? Shall we? Okay. So just like the recap was, I was a person calling in about living with a friend who I'm no longer friends with and they're posting stuff on Snapchat about me. And I was very like vague in the situation. So you guys said that you wanted to like know more details about kind of what happened. And yeah, listening to it back, I was like, oh my God, I really was. I didn't really give any details. We love so the I drama. Apologize. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, I guess kind of what I didn't really include is that what ended up happening was that I was basically like guilt tripped and manipulated, specifically like when I told my friend that I was transferring, that she said, I don't know if I could be alive if you're not here at the school with me oh god yeah so obviously that's already like hard for anyone but um one of my like a couple years ago one of my really close friends uh committed suicide so it's like extra trauma where it's like for me it's just really difficult like to talk about suicide and I've kind of felt like it was purposeful that she did that to like kind of make me feel guilty. And she also ends up coming to my work at one point and we get in this really big fight because I was just like, hey, I feel like you need to get help, like Mm -hmm. go to therapy because what you're saying is concerning. Then I disinvited her. She was going to come to um, Thanksgiving with me and go home with me. And so I disinvited her. Um, and then kind of basically after that, like everything blew up, I tried to resolve things, but I guess I ultimately felt that it was like what she, a lot of what she did was super toxic and I felt uncomfortable with continuing our friendship. Um, and yeah, so, but now I still, we still live together and we just don't talk and just ignore yeah. each other. I mean, I wouldn't want to resolve any of that either. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, that's royally, royally fucked up. And like, I agree with you that like, that does feel like intentional. Not that anyone should ever say that to anyone. And I would never say it to anyone. Like it is manipulative. It's like, it's not okay. But like, you especially don't say that to someone who like, has personal experience dealing with that. And it brings up like a specific trauma, not just the regular amount of trauma that is saying things like that so are you it was very targeted yeah exactly exactly are you at the same did you already transfer no so I basically it was too late for me to transfer when I decided like I couldn't apply to other schools for spring semester so I'm just staying here until the end of this semester and then next semester I'll be going to a different school Okay. okay how much longer do you have of this semester 80 80 days counting down down. little x's on the calendar (laughs) i gotta get the book out of here yeah yeah no it really is like that it's just like 
I'm like very homesick and like my mom I really love my mom my boyfriend lives at home and so it's just difficult for me over here um and that's another ish thing was like also I the reason was because I'm like having a really hard time over here and so I was met with like the opposite of what I really needed in that time Mm -hmm. yeah which was just like support because it's like it was hard for me because I actually do like the school. It's just being so far from home is just very difficult for me. Well, transferring schools or like dropping out of schools is like not the easy option. Like it's the harder thing to do. And like, I wish that it was more regarded as such because everybody wants it to work out the first time. They want right. it to all work out perfectly that way. And so it's not giving up and it's not like, do it, it's like, this is a hard decision to come to for the person who's making the decision. Like- it's not yeah. it's not the like ultimately like the the goal you want to have like you want to like where you end up in the situation you end up in the first time um so when so how are you getting out of your lease how is that going to work so i actually live on campus right so, oh, so yeah oh is that not um, a lease no it's like no. it's by by semester so oh. when it's over then you can just leave nice yeah. So that's not going to be difficult. And I did think about moving rooms, except I'm in like an apartment style dorm. So it's like we all have our own rooms, which is nice, at least, even though there's still interaction, but not the same as if you're literally like Mm -hmm. sleeping together. But like none of the other room, like there's no more available rooms for me to even transfer to. Um, So I'm just like trying to stick it out. But like. It's just kind of, I don't know, it's just like very hostile, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that it makes a lot of sense. And like, it's hard because especially in school, like you're stressed, you're going to classes or you've been doing classes online. Like your home is supposed to be like your decompressing place and like not the place where like you go and you're like, oh, I'm still anxious here. Like I'm still stressed out here. It's unfortunate. And also like, <laughs> I, I've always heard like, oh, don't live with your friends. And I feel like everyone just has to go through it to be like, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. You, everybody you're thinks right. that they're the, the exception. But yeah, I did it and I regret it immensely. I did it. And, you know, as I've told before, I prayed her out. Yeah. It's like, it's, you know, <laughs> divine intervention. Exactly. And you've got 80 days left, uh-huh. 80 something when's, days. When's spring break? Spring break is in like the middle of March. Okay, so so, like in a month. So you've got, are you getting away for that? Yes, I'm going home. And I do, like, I'm lucky I have a car. And I also recently quit my job because I'm just like, because I'm, because like over, I'm just overwhelmed with things. So like, I just have more freedom now and I can go home when I want. It's like three hour car ride. So it's like not the hardest thing it's like not the best but yeah it's 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 only a time it's only a period of time like it's you get through it and then you never have to do it again mm-hmm. that's like one of those like good things about it like as much as it fucking sucks because it's it's all encompassing no matter how much you can spend weekends away or like spend a day away or get away like yeah. it is all encompassing until it's not and then it's like yeah. oh this is just not fucking there at all and this is not a part of my life at all anymore i don't have to think about it at all anymore and like you know, if you're like me, I definitely like, you know, still had some residual things I had to work through afterwards. But right. the ability to like, you don't realize how much it like weighs on every aspect of like your life until you're out of the situation. You're like, oh, now everything else is a little bit easier, mm-hmm. which is good. 
Yeah, and that's, like, also another thing, like, where I, about the Snapchat thing, that's why it's, like, it's just difficult, I think, like, you want people to perceive you well, and also the school, the college we go to is literally 500 or so students, so it's super, super small. My graduating class from high school was bigger than that. Yeah, mine too. So it's just, like, word is, like, travels fast and so I just feel like that's another thing another reason that I just hate like the posting about me and there's things that are just not true like oh I'm be I'm excluding them from plans and it's like okay we're not even on speaking terms why would you be like hanging out with us which I understand but it just a lot of it makes it seem like I'm trying to be rude and like I just like as a I just never would ever want to be like that. Like all my friends know, like everyone's invited to everything. I try to be accepting and like, oh, I went through and unliked all her photos and stuff. And it's like, no, you blocked me because I was begging her to like not keep not like I needed space because I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? Like, I just need time to process this. And so I was blocked because she's like, I can't not talk to you. Oh um, so the only thing I can do is block you. And so then that, like, I think unlikes all the photos. And I'm like, like, I don't have hatred in my heart for Or time. Her. Yeah. Yes. The time <laughs> exactly. to go through and unlike photos, that's ridiculous. But you should know that, like, if I knew her or was friends with her and she told me this about you, I wouldn't believe it. Like, even regardless of who the other person on that side is, like, we all, like... The, the relationships we have with people, like, very rarely are they so insular that, like, those character traits, you would be, like, shocked that you're like, no way. Like, I'm sure she's shown her hand at, like, some of her behavior towards other people so that, like, when she says some shit, like, I, I know people who, like, they start talking shit on someone else and I go, I know for a fact if you're talking shit, I'm probably on their side. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm on the other person's side of that. And so, like, anyone mm-hmm. who's going to believe the shit that she's saying is just, like, without any, like proof or with word of mouth like there are very few people that i'm going to believe them talking shit on someone that feels very like unwarranted and yeah. that kind of story like if i know the person even like again 500 persons like school like it's relatively small like if i have my own personal experiences with someone like there are very few people that i would take their word that the person that i know or have been like acquaintance with or friendly with is like this evil monster that I would have no idea because it's like totally hidden. Like there are very few people I would take their just their go act on that on like their word alone. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. If your friends know and like the people who anyone who's gonna believe her and all of that shit with like out any like <laughs> proof of anything, and then you have like your friends who are all standing by you, like those aren't people you would want to be friends with mm-hmm. anyway. Cause they're people like yeah, her. That's true. <laughs> and that's a big ass red flag. Yeah. But that's fucking rough. And it's just like, yeah, that's so, so fucking annoying. But I mean, if you can, I hate the whole like, oh, well, look on the bright side. But in the sense of like, if she's going to talk shit about you on like social media, she is kind of weeding out all of the people that you go, oh, wow, you have like zero backbone. And like, you don't, you're going to like believe shit without any evidence, any proof, anyone caught like being able to like speak up for yourself, like, okay, cool. So I good to know that I should never be friends with you. Like, great, amazing. This is, you're weeding it out. And I'm also like, if somebody is sitting here taking the time to do this and constantly talking about you, 
like one that's not somebody I want to be fr- be friends with, but two like go study. Yeah, that's what I, I, like, like if it, when you are so clearly like not making your entire life about her, she's making her whole life about you and then trying to make it seem like that's in response to that. Like if I hear that I'm on the other side of it, I'm like, this is you. Yeah. This is you. Like you need a hobby. Like yeah. you've become obsessed with this. Yeah. Ugh. It's just such a weird position. And it's like we it's like you switch overnight, I guess. It's just kind of like time. Because it's like we were best friends, like hung out all the time, you know? And it's just like, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah. yeah. How long were y'all friends for? It was just like a year. I think it okay. just, it's so difficult because in college, it's like you just have all this weird time yeah. where you just are not doing anything. So it's yeah. like you're together all the time. And it was definitely like more of a codependent relation. I wouldn't say from both sides, but. I learned at, when this all went down that she, she v- viewed it very codependently, which I w- also makes me kind of uncomfortable, like, because mm-hmm. I'm just very, I'm very independent, so. Yeah, it, it have a lot of codependent people, they can attach onto that and see that, and then by proxy, it goes, oh, this is going to have me do a lot of things that I wouldn't feel comfortable with. There's a lot of insecurity with it, so thinking that it has to be mutual when yeah. it's not. Because it's like, the, it's also this time in your life where you're leaving your comfort, like you're leaving home. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. she latched on to you and it's not uncommon. You're not the first person that's called in that said that their roommate has been codependent on yeah. them in college. So it's yeah. not, it's not like, it, it, you know, going to a new place and then having that person that's there that you're comfortable with that you have to rely on and then it's like, yeah, but like, I want to have other things in life too. And some people mm-hmm. just don't realize that. Yeah. And it's a lesson she'll have to learn. Like I definitely yeah. like, as someone who like did not know that she had social anxiety for a long time, like I was very like needed a friend to go with me to do anything. Like I couldn't do anything by myself. And then I went through absolute hell in college, dropped out and was like, oh, I have to learn how to be independent. And then I'm like independent to a fault. And so like, it's one of those things that like, she's going to have to learn it. And you were friends when it benefited both of you. And it was like a, a good relationship. And at this point, but like, there's no reason or no, no need for you to like placate or deal with her codependency and like this like tough learning time, like tough love and yeah. learning time for her. Like, it's just like, okay, we're done. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is, there's no reason for you to feel any sort of like remorse or guilt or that like you did anything wrong or could have handled it in a, any different way because based on like how she's treated you in trying to get you to like stay it's so clear that like, it's manipulation it's not like care yeah it is just difficult I guess like what you're saying where you feel like oh I should have done something differently because you just don't you don't want like I don't want bad things and I don't want her to suffer but it's also she was like, gonna I- suffer regardless that's like the thing yeah like, it's has nothing to do with you. Like you could have done everything yeah. right. And she would have been just as mad. And like, that's a hard thing to reconcile with when you're, you have a very different emotional state or instincts like that. You would never do that. Like you're, you, yeah. if your reactions feel proportionate to like the situation at hand, but for people like that, like I've gone through friendship breakups where it was like, literally like nothing happened (laughs) and like I was like oh okay I talk about it one in my book but it was like I'm gonna go to come with me to Vegas for my birthday and this person didn't come and I was like okay never showed up they planned on coming we had them in a room or whatever 
and then like lost their shit at me because like it was so offensive that I would invite more people than just this one person. And it was like, you managed to turn an invite to a birthday party to like a personal attack. And like they'll do people like that will like literally do anything. And it's no matter how you handle it. It's just it is what it is. And it's not it's not like on you. And it's not on like your actions or your character or your situation. It's they fill the roles in their lives with people and then they cast them as the villain whenever mm. they need to. And so like it it's it's and it sucks to say that it's unavoidable from like both parties, but it but it is because like you don't want to go into every relationship being incredibly distrusting, like thinking someone's like a manipulative and awful and all of that. But, you know, you trusted your instincts when she started to become like that and like set clear boundaries and followed through like I don't think there's anything you could have done better like I think you handled this in like the best possible way and I'm glad it didn't deter you from making the right choice for you and transferring schools because like it's a really hard choice to make Mm -hmm. and it's a good one for you so I went home for Thanksgiving break and then I was talking to my mom and I was like I feel like I just like at the end of the day I just need to do what's best for me because like like okay four years pass and then what you're not in my life like like that at the end of the day it's just you you know like no matter who's in your life like people are perm like impermanent mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I have to if that's gonna make me happy right now I have to choose me and not like it's just I don't know I just it was just difficult also it was during finals which just makes everything Ugh. no that's 10, hard 100 times worse. Yeah. yeah no one's gonna choose you but you and like no one else is gonna prioritize you but you like you can we can all prioritize other people but at the end of the day everyone else is always going to prioritize themselves and that's not a bad thing but it's like we should be we should all be doing that when we can and I think that's yeah I think you've got like a really good sense of this and I think you're just I think you're being a little hard on yourself of that like that you should be proud of the accomplishments of making these choices and like these decisions and like recognizing that this relationship is not good. And if anybody thinks poorly of you after like this, that's that looks bad on them, not you. Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done, but it's it's yeah. shitty and it's hard. And I think you'll feel a lot of a weight lifted off you and it'll be a lot easier to like process and deal with all of it once you're out. And I find cutting out toxic people from my life like full cut. So meaning you're not living there anymore. It amplifies the other people and you're like, I just like have no bullshit for like anyone who's even remotely shitty anymore. Cause I'm like, I already did that. I went through all the fucking legwork to get out of that situation. Like if you're going to empathize with that situation, you're going to relate to that situation or you're going to relate to like her side of it. Like I have no time for you. Like I already did this. Like I already chose me and now I don't give a shit anymore. But it's harder when you're in it because you're always having to justify and rationalize and like compromise every day with like living with someone like that. Oh, well, 80 days. We are counting down with you. We are. I'm I'm actually going to break it up. I'm going to count down to spring break and then count down to finals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I thank you guys for all the comments. and Of course. Of course. We're excited Mm. for you and the change and. We're, we're rooting for you and counting down. Melissa will be actually doing the numbers of counting down. I will just be the che- doing the cheering because numbers aren't really my thing. Yeah. So. Thank you. Of course. Well, thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Love the update. Great. Counting down the days, everybody. We're circling it on our calendar. It's like, I don't know. I have an image of SpongeBob crossing out days. Okay. I don't know if that's it.
So without further ado, we're going to take a break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like, you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month 
you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, wait, this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the Ministry of Time by Killian Bradley. And we also received The Return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. (gasps) When I tell you that I was like sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. We're back. We're back. And now we're going to get into the call. Let's change some lives. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 25 and have been with my 27-year-old boyfriend for about a year and a half now. We met right after both moving to this new city, which we are now in. For him, it was a totally new country, as he's from England. A year after we became official, we moved in together and have now been living together for about six months. Totally great living with him. We split up household tasks about 50-50, and he's an amazing cook and all of that. It's great. Because of his career, however, we could end up moving anywhere in the world and will likely leave the U.S. in a year or two. I knew this going into our relationship. I've always loved traveling and I've wanted to live abroad at some point. However, now I have to put my money where my mouth is. He just got a job in Germany in a fairly not English-speaking area, and neither of us know German. We have talked about it a lot and don't know what to do. It's a good opportunity as I'm in a point in my career when I can also leave, and I'm still pretty young. The downsides, however, are obvious. It's hard to find an English-speaking job, and we won't know anyone there. We could wait a year and see if he gets a job in England or somewhere else English-speaking, but maybe I'm just being unreasonably scared and should just take the leap. I'm worried that if 
say next year he does get another job in a better place, what if then I'm unable to leave my job and we have to break up or be long distance? This just feels like it would be the best timing in my life to do this, but I'm not sure how to know if it's the right thing to do. Should I just say fuck it, or is it maybe right time, wrong place? Because I do have some time. I'm a Virgo, and he's a Cancer. Any advice you have would be great. Thank you. I ain't teach you German. Guten Morgen. Guten Tag. Eins, weiß, vier, fünf. Schmetterling. Seems butterfly. So, question for you. Do uh-huh. you think the assumption, or what we should assume, that the boyfriend's job would be an English-speaking job? Because he, how would he get a job in Germany if it's right. a German-speaking job if he doesn't speak German? Because, like, I think that would automatically rule it out. You go, I'm so sorry, I don't speak German. Correct. Like, the question's not, should my boyfriend fake learning yeah. German? It seems like your boyfriend works for a company that probably ha- is based. Yeah, so several. his office would be a, a fair amount of English-speaking, and yeah. he could be English-speaking in his office. Yes. My question is... What do you do for work now? And I know taxes and things, sometimes they don't let you do international just because it they get taxed different. It's even oh. state by state. Like, But I, I would see, like, is there a job that you could work for remotely that is an English-speaking job and see if there's English-speaking? I feel like in, I don't know where you're going in Germany, but they speak English at quite a few places yeah germany the netherlands like a, mm-hmm. a lot of places like will have a, like, a, like a lot of people take english from like a very 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 young mm-hmm. age but i think doing a job while learning a language you're not it's not going to match your experience level with like your job experience level with your experience in learning the german language like you're not going to really be able to get by with a basic uh-huh. german if everyone speaks German in a different position, that's not, you know, a, a, a German class where you're yeah. learning how to speak. Like that's it's Unless not your the, job is like numbers based. It's going to just make your job harder and it'll make a lot of other people's jobs probably harder. But beyond that, like, I think I would also look at it socially. So like if your goal is to find an English speaking job, then is the goal to find English speaking friends as well and if you want to like move abroad and travel and do all of that stuff I think it's important to like learn the language and be respectful of the language and the culture of the place that you're going and do you feel like you would get the experience you would want if you pretty much have to exclusively only be socialized with other people who know English it's going to be a lot of expats like it's going to be like you might be in the location somewhere that's not America but like your experience might still be like pretty American or pretty British, pretty like whatever the people that you're meeting whose primary language is English. So I think like I would say that like I think it'll be hard no matter what, no matter where you would like move abroad unless there is another language that you both speak. So like if you both speak Spanish or you both speak French, would it be a no brainer for you to go to those other places? Mm -hmm. Because I think like if you're not excited and stoked and like jumping at the bit to like learn German and socialize in German, like eventually maybe get a job that's like remote and it's you're it's in English and then being able to work your way up to that. That's just going to be really hard for you. And I don't think you would enjoy the experience as as much because moving somewhere is a lot. It takes a lot to get used to, let alone when you add a language barrier on top of that. And if how long would he plan on being there? So like, are you going to put all this time and energy and effort in and then leave again? Because then that may, might make you not 
really that committed to learn. But also she mentioned that he has to move a lot for his job anyway. So it's like if you want to have like a steady job and be able to work somewhere, no matter where his job moves you, you need to find a job that's an international company that's English, that speaks English and they allow you to work remotely because that's really the only way that you're going to have consistent work if he's moving all the time. And you don't know any other languages except for English. Yeah. And you also might know that, like, you enjoy the theory of moving and traveling abroad a lot. But you might realize at a certain point that, like, oh, I don't like this. I I want to set roots down somewhere mm-hmm. after a while. And or I'm not a huge fan of this specific place. I really like this other place and I don't want to leave this place. So I think, like, there has to be a, a good level of communication on not the dream. Cause you've said you, I, mean, I don't know the exact phrasing that you used, but like putting your money where your mouth is, where you've said you've always wanted to do this. And now mm-hmm. that it's practically coming up, I think it's a really good point. Like we all talk about like wanting to do these things. And if it actually comes up, it's like, oh, well, logistically, how would this work? And like, would I enjoy it? So even thinking about that ahead of time now, you, you can't be entirely sure so I would I would also like make sure you have like a really like long in-depth conversation with him about so if I don't like this after a while what's the solution? Like is it him being like we would pick the place we both liked the most and we would stay there and I would no longer travel for work or would it be you'd stay here I'd come back x amount of times during mm-hmm. the year and all of this stuff? I think that that's a really important thing to like figure out before you go because there's no matter how much you like a place, you're going to be homesick. You're going to like experience culture shock. It's going to be hard not knowing the language and feeling othered from people and mm-hmm. feeling like it's it's just harder. And so even if you love it, you're going to experience that. And you need to make sure that you are going to be allowed to like vocalize that. And it's not like, oh, well, if I complain about this, this relationship will be over because this is a deal breaker for them. Mm-hmm. Because again, yeah, if if you don't have a remote job that can let you work from anywhere, you might set down roots in a place and like, is he going to then, or you have to start traveling for it, is he going to then come along with this or is this kind of like come along on my Mm -hmm. career journey? Right. I I would also just make a list of like, if there was, if it was a different country, would you have this many qualms? Like, is there one that you would be like a hundred percent, like I'm going immediately? Yes, 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 yes. And I would just ask yourself, like, does this feel like it's not everything you want? Because even though you haven't been specific with yourself, you have a specific image in your mind of what that is. Yeah. And I'm thinking because you only mentioned that, like, if you move to an English speaking country, I think you only speak English. Yeah. Yeah. Which does limit you. But it limits you. But because England was going around colonize every every place like there are people that speak English in a lot of places it just not might not be like the primary language yeah I also like I don't think this is what he does but I would just to, like gather some more information like crowdsource from other people I would like look on like subreddits and things of like military families who are going abroad of being and then being like oh I'm surrounded by I'm in a city where they don't, I don't speak the language, but the only people I'm I'm socializing with are other Americans who also only speak English. Like, yeah, I would look at that's the, a little different though well, because gonna they're going to be on a base. Like, if you're in the military, you're on a base. I just and mean so the you, social, like the social aspects of what is the reality of 
wanting to live abroad and have the experience while being in a pretty like American insular or even British in this case circle of not speaking the language and like having your social circle be that as well. Because it's wherever you live, it's living. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like it's not always, it's not like studying abroad. It's not like a vacation. Like it's that aspects of it. And social social interactions, like maintaining a social life as an adult is incredibly hard. And I find it hard in LA and like everyone here where there's no language barriers. And so making sure when you're going somewhere else that like you're also making the initiative to know that like you don't want to limit your pool to like a friends to like only the people you know that speak English who then introduce you to other people who speak English because it's putting a lot of a lot of power in the hands of other people to like create your social circle in that sense. And I, I wonder too, like when you imagined living abroad, where did you imagine? Yeah, because it seems like you just imagine English speaking countries. Yeah. And then you got this British boyfriend. You're like set. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I don't think that there's anything like wrong with that. But I just I think you might be setting yourself up for misery yeah. if you're not honest with yourself of like, this isn't what I actually envisioned. And that I don't I don't think that makes you a bad person or makes you uncultured or anything like that. Like we also have a very romanticized idea of that because mm-hmm. a lot of them are from like American movies or English speaking movies that were like, oh, look at them abroad. And you're like, oh, well, and everybody's speaking English right. here. And so it it becomes more of like the fantasy versus like the practicality of like the difficulties every day mm-hmm. of like getting my groceries, going to a pharmacy, like doing all of those things. Another option, too, is like. Does his company have some place where you could work where it's like a separate oh, department? Yeah. yeah, that's a smart. And it's not shitting where you eat because you. You tasted been... the honey before you visit the hive. I was going to say you ate there and now you have to take a shit. Hmm. I think it's a great t- thing for most people to do if you want to do it. But I think if it, you have a really big hang up, some things are harder to fix than others if you don't enjoy something. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with creating a I don't want to say escape plan, but like if you're miserable, how are you going to get out and make sure you have the money to do so, the resources to do so? And the person you're going with, in this case, your partner is like aware that like if I'm not happy, this is the timeline I'm giving myself. And I, for me, am I'm much better at like that's like creating my safety net. I'm much more comfortable jumping, taking big risks if I've thought about the outcomes and how I can help myself out of those outcomes. Mm-hmm. All right. Next call. Yeah. Hi, Megan and Melissa. So I need some relationship advice. Basically, I like recently started dating again after, you know, breakups and moving and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm like not ready for a relationship. I'm just going to date casually. But then I realized that I don't really know what I'm doing dating casually. I was like, oh, you like build a roster, like whatever. I'm like going on dates with you know people on hinge and stuff and then i know this guy from work we don't like work together but i know him like location where i work basically and then i um started sleeping with him let's call him jake and love sleeping with jake great dick a good time and we're like friends like i go out with him and his other friends and like watch movies with him and you know it's like really fun and great but it's definitely not like relationship size like it's more like friends and then also sex and then there's this other guy that i met on hinge 
Um, let's call him Martin. And Martin is more like relationship vibes, like text me all the time. Like we've gone on some dates. We've hung out, like just hung out and not had sex, you know, but also had sex. But yeah. And then obviously Martin doesn't know about Jake. And I'm like, do I need to like be, do I need to tell him that? No, right? But I don't know, like, how do I casually date? Like, I don't think that Martin is, like, sleeping with other people. So do I need to, like, tell him that? Obviously, I'm being safe and everything. But, like, how much do I owe to tell these people? And also, like, is that bad of me? Is that, like, slutty? Um. Anyway, Jake moves in, like, a month and a half. So that's, like, probably going to end anyway, sadly. So maybe it doesn't matter. But I guess my advice is, like, how do I date casually and how do I, like, how much do I owe to tell other people that I'm dating casually? Like, do I need to tell Martin that I'm, like, still on the apps or am I okay? Thank you guys so much for your advice. I've been listening for years and years. You basically raised me. Okay, bye. First things first, slutty is not bad. No, we don't slut shame here. If no. He, a slut is... Slut is great. A yeah, slut is a, a slut self-proclaimed is title. A self-proclaimed title that you also get to change the definition of if you want. Exactly. Like, I'm I'm all for, in my life, serving slut in the sense of, are you giving me, like, a if you giving me a tiny little dress and a gorgeous outfit, mm-hmm. I'm like, look at me. My, my terms of slut and endearment is my older age because, oh boy, oh boy, was I guilty of using the negative connotation in terms of slut. We don't do that anymore. We've no. left that shit, so... Being slutty is great. Mm -hmm. Slut it up. Slut it up. Yeah. So for dating casually, you don't necessarily have to build a roster. You could casually date one person. And if that's what you're more comfortable with, then okay. But if not, if you want to have a roster, cool. Make sure you have the time. Make sure you have the time. I think if I had the time, like I could be polyamorous, but I... Bitch, you could build like an empire of ass. I've had a roster pre having jobs but yeah. i just at this point in my life i don't have the time you get an assistant to make a roster <laughs> <laughs> i mean oh and then as far as telling i think as a if you're having sex with them then it is a responsibility to disclose that you're not just sleeping with that person for health reasons but you don't have to specifically say who why how many just let them know that i'm you're not the only person that I'm sleeping with that's I feel like that's the ethical thing to do but I don't think you have to let them know like specifically who it is no I don't think that the I don't think we should be under the assumption that if someone tells us they're not sleeping with other people that they are right because yeah it's health it's Mm -hmm. a health thing and so I think just because he has you're like I don't think that he is I, I I I don't think that that means you're both necessarily on the same page. I think it could mean that you both are sleeping with mm-hmm. other but, people, but it's good to just have the confirmation. Yeah, I think it's a discussion that anybody who's sleeping with anyone should have. And I think it makes you a little bit more comfortable to that because then like on the chance that you are someone else that you're sleeping with contracts like an STI, mm-hmm. there is a little bit less pressure and nerves to tell the other person because it's not like 
oh, this is a double whammy. I'm sleeping with other people in case you didn't know and I you should get tested. Mm-hmm. So having that open dialogue ahead of time so you both know those things, it, I think it just can make the comfortability of an inevitable thing that have not always never, but like, you know, something mm-hmm. that can happen regardless of how many precautions that you take that is has no no moral meaning to anyone. It can happen to anyone. And so I just think to think ahead about your safety and the time and the turnaround. So I, I don't want anyone, like if that was in my position, I wouldn't want anyone to be nervous about telling me so then they would wait to tell me. Right. So I would I would really, I would start the conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know, like Melissa said, I don't think you owe them the details. No, like the contents of it or the explanation of it or you don't need to defend it at all. Like I think it's just, it is what it is and it's a fact. The same way it's a fact that you're sleeping with this guy like mm-hmm. it's it it's just it is what it is but dating casually is not i don't think there's like a playbook like however no, you see it's it the can intention be that you're going with so if you're like your intention is that i'm dating casually i'm dating I, i'm dating this one person casually like we just have sex and i go hang out with his friends like that can be casual like you can have a roster and be like Every night, somebody else is, you know, I'm hanging. Tag team. Yeah, I'm hanging out with them. It could be. (laughs) Relay race. Tag team is. You could. You could do that. You could. You could. It's combining your rosters. Yeah. Everybody's, they're definitely playing on the team. And two people aren't on the bench. One person's just on the side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's my my limit of sports references (laughs) I can give. (laughs) It's like uh, when you take the ball out in basketball and then you got to throw it into the next person to the person that's in the game like you're in the game together but there's one person that's throwing Uh it in to get the ball back in play yep yep ball back in play actually works too but yeah um again it's intention only tell if i if you're sleeping with multiple people then it's the ethical thing to do you don't have a roster and uh have fun and be safe yeah, I, I think the intention, as long as it's clear with both people, because like when you're describing like this person's kind of more like boyfriendy and like this other one's more casual, you have a say in that too. Like in the sense of like, it shouldn't just be like, oh, let me see what the vibes that this person is like giving off. It's as long, and if they're giving off boyfriend vibes when you have both established that it's casual, then like that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. They just but, might have a different way of showing affection. Yeah, and that just, it just might be a, a different way of operating being casual because everyone is different with that so Mm -hmm. as long as you're on the same page ahead of time I think that's always it's always so much better to be transparent at the start than versus feeling like you have to do catch-up and like you're not sure where you are at because you're like you've been inside me so what do I owe you ahead of time so like I also would just kind of treat it like a blanket statement like not one person is owed more than you from others because they've treated you x amount of like they treat you so nice so you do like whatever like it's it's not that like this is like your sex capades. This is like your sex life. And like, mm-hmm. you know, and you can also casually date someone and not have sex with them. too. Totally. So if you're not dating someone seriously, but you're dating, you've succeeded and you're casually dating. Right. So you're already won. Good job. Congrats. All right. Let's take another break. Yahoo. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. We're back from our break. Let's get into cash. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm 24 years old and use she, her pronouns. Everyone in my story uses she, her pronouns as well. My story is about a friend we'll call Jesse. Jesse and I have been friends for over six years because we're freshman year roommates in college. We remained friends for years after, and when we graduated, we moved into our apartment with another mutual friend we'll call Callie. Callie's girlfriend, Hannah, also moved in with us about a year into living together. We all lived together for a total of two years and moved out last summer of 2022. My issue begins in January of 2022, though we've had issues before. I was about two months into my relationship with my current girlfriend. This was when Omicron was very prevalent. Me and my girlfriend got COVID at the same time, and out of respect for my roommates, I decided to stay with my girlfriend. However, at the time, my girlfriend's shower was being redone, so her and her roommates didn't have a working shower. Since that's where they were paying rent, they didn't shower during that two-week period when all of us had COVID. However, I was still paying rent in my apartment and I wanted to shower. I shared a bathroom with Jesse and I told her I was coming to shower and that I would wipe down the bathroom, spray Lysol, wear my mask, and be in and out as quick as possible. I only ended up doing this twice. Jesse was mad at me for this and expressed that via text. I essentially told her that I was going to shower there regardless because I was still paying rent. After this was over, I noticed Jesse treating me completely different when I returned to the apartment. She often ignored me, didn't say hi to me or my girlfriend when we would come over, and made zero effort to interact with us or get to know my new, my new girlfriend. She made my girlfriend feel unwelcome, so when she was home, we would often just go into my room to hang out. When Jesse was not home, my other roommates, Kelly and Hannah, were super friendly, and we all became friends. We also hang out on a regular basis, even though me and my girlfriend moved in with each other after our lease ended. Jesse never spoke to me about how she feels, and I never asked her because I was incredibly hurt and felt disrespected by her actions. 
We've had this issue before about her giving me and my other roommates the silent treatment when she's mad instead of expressing her feelings, but she never changed. After moving out, I drafted a text to her to express how hurt I was, but I never ended up sending it. It's been over six months since we moved out and we haven't spoken. I thought maybe I would let it fizzle out, but Kelly and Hannah told me that Jesse expressed to them that she was surprised that I didn't wish her a happy birthday a few months ago and that she didn't know why I'd be mad at her. Should I reach out to her and tell her how I feel, or should I leave it in the past since it has already been several months since we've spoken? Thank you, and love the pod and been listening since 2017. Love you. Nobody's going to like what I have to say. I don't think they're going to like either. There's three different things happening here. My first thing is, did you and Jesse share a shower? I'm guessing, yeah, like, like it's a share shower. Cause, but they, she, you said, the caller said, I showered in Jesse's shower. But the thing is, is that you were quarantined at your girlfriend's house. You leaving breaks the quarantine. And you're still, regardless of wearing a mask and Lysol, you're still bringing yeah. those germs into the house and you broke your quarantine yeah and like this is of all of the times of a shower to be broken like this is actually great timing because you have covid and you shower twice yeah like i i just think like you know if the shower breaks and like you're going to work every day like that's a much bigger hassle than like oh i already have to like i can't leave the apartment like so like we're but now we're in an apartment full of a bunch of people who can't shower and can't leave mm-hmm. and it's just your your showering is not more important than like quarantining nor is it more important than any like your hygiene is not more important than somebody's health mm-hmm. so that i've got like fundamentally i have an issue with But I also have an issue with like, and I will be so transparent, like I am definitely biased in this. Like I'm definitely going to be, and this is how we give advice on things based on like our own lives and stuff. But like I have experience with similar thing to this of like, you basically asked her if you were going to, that you were going to go do this. She said like, whether you asked her and she said no, or you told her and she said was upset and you were like, okay, well, I'm just going to come regardless. And then she treats you differently. And you're like, why did she never speak about how she felt? She did. She did. Mm -hmm. She was mad. And she told you she was mad. And you said, I don't care. Like, I'm not saying you're putting words in your mouth. But when she tells you she's mad and you say, okay, well, I'm going to go through with this regardless of how you feel. You're saying, I don't care that you're mad. I'm still going to do it. And now you're wondering why she's mad. So I personally don't think that you have the right to be mad at her. Mm-hmm. I think like you are and that's, you know, I mean, I guess I'm saying, I I'm, I'm not saying I don't think you have the right to be mad at her. You can feel however you want to feel. I don't think it's justified for you to be mad at her and you're really mad at her <laughs> for not speaking about how she felt and instead giving you the silent treatment instead of expressing that she was mad. But she did all of that. Mm. I think you're mad because you didn't want her to be upset about this. And she was. And you made the choice doing it, thinking that maybe her text message responses were you were misreading them. Like you didn't want this to be as big of a deal as it was. And it was a big deal. And I think you can't go back in time. So it's easier for you to be upset with her for, quote unquote, making it a big deal when you knew it was a big deal to her. Right. So I, I think this is truly mismanaging of other people's comfort levels, expectations and things like you saying that like, you know, we all got COVID, so we quarantined at like my girlfriend's place. 
the, it, you don't, if you come back and shower twice, you didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I said, it's breaking yeah. the quarantine. So I, I think like for you, the it, it felt worth it, but you live with other people. So you can't decide that. And you unilaterally did decide that. And like, if I was your roommate, like I would, I would cry. Like I would be so anxious. I'd be so uncomfortable. I'd be so nervous. And I'd feel like so disrespected and so hurt and unheard. And I wouldn't talk. And then if I found out that you were upset with me, I'd be like, why are you upset with me for my response to your actions? Like, we wouldn't have been here if you didn't do this. And I told you I didn't want you to do this. And this made me upset. And now you're upset at me for being a, upset. Mm-hmm. So like, I I just think we need to li- like listen to people when they tell you how you feel they feel and just because it's not a big deal to you it can be a big deal to other people and other people might not get over it and you have to know that going into the decisions you make and stand by it like would you now going back in time like would you have done this knowing that this really upset her and like she wouldn't like talk to you after this like was it worth it right but again i'm fully disclosing that i'm like incredibly biased about this like a covid health wise precautions like as someone who has still has to deal with all of the effects of long covid like it makes me really I would be very upset being in her position. And I get upset when people don't take my health seriously, whether they tell me in the moment or they tell me afterwards. Like, it literally is like the most disrespectful thing in the world. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like a slap in the face. And you're like, cool, you don't care. Awesome. But then also that like, it's hard to, especially when shit is so fucking contentious about the pandemic and like politicized and like all of this shit that it's really, really hard to be the person who's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's sadly the really unpopular opinion and it's the minority opinion. So it is hard for her to say that she's uncomfortable with that. She's not okay with that. That's She's upset about that. It's a lot easier for her to like, you know, socially to ignore it. Like mm-hmm. she's the one who's essentially been like, is she didn't exile herself out of this group. It was I, in my point of view, she essentially got exiled out of this group because it seems like maybe the other roommates were like, whatever, it's fine. Right. And it's just not something that is easy to say when you're upset or you're not comfortable with it. And then to have that be met with, well, I don't actually really care, like, or I'm still going to do it anyways. Like that's someone shutting down something that was like already a hard boundary to make. Mm -hmm. And that makes me sad. And I don't think that you recognize that. Right, right. So, all right. <laughs> I hope like you're probably the only person in the world who's like, I know everything they're going to say. Uh-huh. Subtext. <laughs> it's the same thing that I felt too. And then the thing about the birthday, I don't think that's something to really dwell on. Like, of Jesse wishing that the caller wished uh-huh. her happy birthday. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If y'all aren't talking, then I wouldn't want you to wish me a happy birthday. But, I guess it because I mean, I see her point of view of like essentially being like, I'm upset. Why haven't you apologized? Why aren't you upset? But now you're cutting me out. It's like, I think both of you think like I think that she thinks that you're giving her the silent treatment. And I think you think she's giving you the silent treatment. Yeah. So I don't know if you want to be friends with her, have a conversation with her. And she might just like be a person that's quiet and doesn't. I mean, she doesn't express her feelings. She just might be like a quiet, reserved person and what you think is the silent treatment is just her existing. Yeah. But I would be mad at you for this. Yeah, me too. And I think it's a lot to expect that she wouldn't be. All right. Get to the next call. Hey, Melissa. I am a 21-year-old. She, her pronouns, and I'm attracted to men. 
I wanted to get your advice on putting myself out there and exploring my sexual side without really having any prior experience other than with myself. For some background, I had my first kiss about a year and a half ago, and since then I've had two standalone makeup sessions with different guys, neither of which moved below the belt, were really fun, and I felt very safe in both experiences, knowing that I was in control of how far things went. I go to a pretty big state school where hookup culture is pretty common, and it seems like I'm a, ba- a black sheep for having never had sex or done anything of, the, anything of the sort. Regardless, I don't feel like embarrassed about my lack of experience, and I'm honestly proud of being aware of myself and my body enough to know that I haven't been ready for those things up until this point. However, I'm really excited to start exploring my sexual side and think that I'm at a good place to begin that journey, but I'm just not sure how to go about it in a healthy and good way. I want to make sure that what I'm comfortable with is clearly communicated, even with people I'm not necessarily so deeply connected to, and that the other person feels comfortable being with me given my lack of experience. I also feel awkward about having someone teach me that's not like a long-term partner in these sorts of things. And I do think that it might be easier for myself to learn and explore this side of myself with someone that I have more of an emotional slash romantic connection to, but I also don't necessarily want to wait until I meet someone worth dating to start this part of my life. So how do I go about having these experiences? Is being an experience something that I need to be super upfront with? Do you think that it's best suited to a friends with benefits sort of situation? And if so, how does one go about doing that? Or is this something that I just need to wait out and not put any pressure on happening? Also, I think it's good to mention that I grew up in an environment heavily influenced by purity culture, waiting for marriage, etc. So I'm actively working on deconstructing the ideas that came from that as well. But anyways, um, I would love any and all advice you guys have. Y'all are rock stars and I love the pod. Thanks. Bye. Yeah, I didn't have sex until I was 21, 22, I think. And, you know, I, like you have been experimenting with yourself. I don't think you have to tell anybody that you haven't because experience there's different levels of experience and depending on what your partner and who your partner is and how you partner like the experience is going to be different regardless and I don't think that it matters I think that what matters is consent yeah (laughs) and consent is just is consent is saying that you want to do more Mm -hmm. and it seems like for you like Trust is a big thing that you you want to be with somebody that you know, because since you know them, then you can trust them that they're not going to do things that you don't consent to. Yeah. And so like the person, the first person I had sex with was somebody I had a class with that I didn't necessarily like, but it just kind of happened in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like excellent kisser. Oh, and then it just. Love it. And you're like. Mm-hmm. Okay, fanny flutters. Let's get yeah. this. Let's get this going. Yeah, and it just happened. Yeah. Like it was like, whoa, okay. And since I knew my body, I knew what I liked. So yeah, that was not how my first time went. <laughs> you didn't know your body. No, yet. exactly. Yeah, and so I think just finding somebody that you like, especially if you're at school, this seems like the greatest pool you can have is to maybe some maybe not specifically in like a class because it can get awkward if you don't want to continue to see them but seeing someone that you might be in a club with a club that you don't care about or like meeting somebody at a party that you maybe hang out with a few times or is a recommendation from another friend that you trust somebody that you're attracted to enough to do more and it's not like a I don't think you need to unless this is just what you want to do it's like 
this is an experiment that you like pick a guy like have a con- control group like a and then, yeah like you pick a guy out and you're like that's the one I think just letting it happen in the moment and not trying to rush or push or have any expectations then I don't it'll just be it'll be natural and, and normal and you won't have those all those expectations put on it because there aren't any expectations yeah and I think if you have expectations you have to communicate that. And mm-hmm. so the idea of, you know, you're saying that like you don't want to be taught anything. So my inclining is like, you should be able to kind of weed out the kind of guy who's going to do that before you have sex. But he'll only know if you tell him. Like if you don't tell him, then you don't, then there's no, there's no teaching. Totally. But yeah. even, even then at that point, like if you decide to like tell like, oh yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm not that like experienced. There will be guys who are like, oh, don't worry, I can teach you. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I'm good. And they're usually terrible. Exactly. And so I'm like, you can really like, there's a lot of uh, in the conversations, regardless of what you tell them or not, you'll be able to suss out a lot about a person and how they're going to be like, no one's a different person, a totally different person in bed. Like if someone respects you out of the bedroom, like they are far more likely to respect you in the bedroom than someone who doesn't respect you out of the bedroom is like suddenly going to respect you when you're having sex. Like that's just... That's just not likely. So knowing that like that process there, you can again only control yourself, but you can control the people that you talk to. And like, I think that some people want to get things over with. And so like, let me pick someone like random, but then there's like, okay, well, or do I want someone who I know well, but like not so well that if it's like weird and it's awkward. So like, I think there's a happy medium depending on what your expectation is afterwards. Mm -hmm. And you need to communicate that because like I've had friends and I've said on the podcast before where they're like, well, I don't want anything serious. I don't like care about if it's a boyfriend or anything. I just like don't want it to be like, we sleep together one time and then I never hear from them again. You have to communicate that first because that actually can happen with one of your friends. Mm -hmm. And then you've now had the experience you don't want for your first time having sex and you've lost a friend. Right. So that is something you need to communicate ahead of time. And it's not because there's a ton of people who just want to walk away. Sometimes some people think that like, oh, if it's your first time and like maybe it wasn't good and like I'm just going to dip out. And it's like, well, no, like I want to be able to continue to staying friends afterwards. Some people think they're doing you a favor because they, they that you wouldn't want to be friends with them afterwards because maybe they don't want to see the person that they had sex with for the first time. But even if you're not telling them that, it's just a matter of like, you know, like what are you looking for? And knowing that like, I hate to say this, but like, if you are going to have sex with anyone, regardless if you're friends with benefits, regardless of the casual hookup, regardless if it's dating, you could have been dating for X amount of years. There is always a chance that that is the last time that you see that person ever again. And then mm-hmm. they go, regardless of how much commitment you have in a relationship or how little commitment you have in a relationship, there is never a sure thing. It's never going to be a hundred percent. And there is no real true security there. It's trust, like you're saying, and wanting to have that trust there. That trust can always be broken and it sucks. So I think you're a really good place for really like knowing yourself and you're focusing much more on you and your readiness. And I think it's like, am I ready to have sex? Yes. Am I ready to have sex and then maybe never see this person again? Uh Because no matter how well you vet, the person that you sleep with, you can't ensure that. And that's a lot of pressure to put on you. So then if it does happen, that can really just send you into a tailspin and Mm -hmm. feel like you failed and your picker is off when 
in reality, it's not. We can only control ourselves. And for you wanting other people to, you want the other party to feel really comfortable and, you know, that they can be vocal and stuff. Like, you can start that. And like, when you do that, like, it's asking the other person and all of that. But I agree with what Melissa said of like, not putting pressure on, sure, you could pick out a couple people that you feel like meet the criteria of like what you want, but you have to know that with each choice that you're making or like attribute that you're like, yes, yes, you're putting expectations on somebody and on the experience in itself. But I think you should wait. Like if it it can just be like, like that's somebody don't think about it. Like that's somebody I want to have sex with. So that's somebody that I want to make out with. Yeah. Like that's what I want to hang out with. Like they're hot. They're cool. Like, yeah. Like the same way of like who you're spending time with and who like, in the moment you want it to be with and you're interested in that, I think that's how you set up the expect because then those expectations are for you. Like I'm expecting to know myself for when I'm ready in the moment with this person versus I'm setting up the expectation that this is the person I want to have sex with and now I have to make that happen. Right. Like there should be no failure in this. And the only way that there's no failure in this is if you have the your expectations are only on you. Mm-hmm. But congratulations. Look at that big state school. I'm seeing a lot of a lot of fun in your future. Me too. Time for Don't Blame Them. Woo! So this week, our Don't Blame Them comes in the form of a DM. I have no idea if you read your DMs. I wanted to comment on today's Don't Blame Me regarding the person wanting to help their friend in need. I know you're all questioning what type of job would prevent you from seeking therapy, and I have personal knowledge that if you're in the U.S. military, especially in a higher up and or commissioned officer type rank or position, you would in many, if not most of all cases, be prevented from seeking any form of mental health care for fear of retribution. It's not talked about much, but even in a desk job style position, the military is incredibly hostile to any form of mental health related illness that may arise. I just thought this might be the case, and it's so common if the person is writing and located in the USA. That was really interesting. I never thought about that. Yeah, me either. And that is it. That is it. Did you enjoy yourself, Melissa? I did. Did you, Megan? I did. This was great. How about all of you? fake as fuck. Well, so did yours. (laughs) I was being genuine. Well, I was poorly acting. Okay. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to support us and support the show on Patreon, we would appreciate that so much. You can also leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and we also have an Instagram account where you can follow us and tell us that we're pretty, tell us we're hot, that we're funny. Slide into our DMs. We always appreciate it. And stay tuned for tomorrow where we have our See You Next Tuesday episode. And then coming out on Thursday's new episode of But Am I Wrong? And Friday, we read the results of last week while we fist you consensually. Mm-hmm. So prime your buttholes. You got a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Deuces, bitches. <sighs> Goodbye. Ow. Oh, I stretched you overstretched. Too hard. I, I mean, I felt it in my soul. But you know when you like are like a little bit of like a pterodactyl and you like really need to get that dinosaur out of your body? I was trying and I don't have the limberness of the morning. Also, Mots took the ugliest picture of me while I was sleeping. We're done. Hold Goodbye. on. <laughs> Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso.